0: Kia ora and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast brought to you by CoreLogic produced by Agents TV for the 9th of March 2020. I'm Nick and I'm joined as per usual by Calvin. Calvin, how are you mate?
1: Very good thanks, yep, raring to go for another week ahead and um, yeah, looking forward to it. How are you?
0: Yeah, good mate. You might have to uh, fill me in on a few things. Obviously, been a little bit busy this week. Our first official day back at work, although I did manage to do make a few meetings last week, so I'll talk about that a little bit later on this morning. But to kick us off this week, we did obviously tease last week the house price index, which we produce on behalf of the QV. What were the um, key insights you sort of got out when you wrote that, that press release last week?
1: Uh, yeah, so quick rundown on the stats: uh, up 1.1% month on month in February, which took the annual rise to 5.3. So yeah, just a, another good, solid set of results. 5.3% annually was the fastest growth uh, in about two and a half years. So it's, it just continues that upward trend. Um, Auckland and Christchurch probably the the key. Take out for me was that Auckland and Christchurch have pretty clearly turned a corner and they're really contributing to that to that national rise being being big components of, of that national average that's pushing that up quite a bit so yeah just generally just a good solid set of results. I suppose the thing I wrote about it a little in the release is, is the uncertainty around coronavirus, which um, you was know, a pretty moving feast and changing day today. So who knows how that might play out in the house price index in, in the coming months? But for now, no real signs. And and I guess as we discussed last week on the podcast, not necessarily clear that it's going to be hugely negative for the property market and could actually be be positive. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out.
0: I think there's a few other things to consider, but um, again, we might talk about that a little bit later on, so we'll leave that for now. Moving on then for the uh, market pulse last week as well, It was a pretty busy week for you. You wrote about the uh, building consents that come out for, I think it was January's month.
1: Yeah, yeah. So building consents, uh, as, we, as we flagged up last week as well, just really strong again. So Auckland leading, leading the charge, we're, we're seeing a lot more smaller dwellings in Auckland, which seems to be a good idea given we've got a growing population and need to to house more people in, in a fixed supply of land so yeah so just a, again a really solid set of results and highest so if you add up the uh, number of building consents nationally over the past 12 months that's the highest figure we've had since the mid-1970s so we just are in a really really big boom for building consents and actually we we need it we know there's there's shortages of properties around the place so we we need this to continue for a fair while yet and um you know there's capacity constraints constraints in the industry so we'll see whether it can be done and whether they can keep it up at the levels they're at but but yeah for now good signs and um yeah just need it to continue
0: And happening around the other main centres too, I know that Wellington's generally been pretty strong. What's the consenting figures for Wellington and and the other main centres? Yeah,
1: I don't have the figures for Wellington off the top of my head, but I know in a a trend picture, it it has been pretty strong. Canterbury's strong as well. Um, There has just been growth right around the country. So we're seeing... Uh, those markets where, I guess Wellington in particular, where there have been shortfalls that, um, yeah, the, the market's responding and, and builders are responding. So, so yeah, consents have risen a lot in, in Wellington. I, I think we're seeing a bit of a pickup uh, in Dunedin as well. It's another market that's been supply constrained. So, yeah, but it's it's generally across the country. I suppose the interesting one in Canterbury in particular, the fact that consents are still so high after, obviously ramped up a lot after the earthquake, but have stayed really high. So if if you compare back to pre-earthquake, they're still running higher than they were pre-earthquake. So there's still a lot going on, even though there's been a lot built around Canterbury, there's still a lot going on. So yeah, it just all adds up to that picture of a a really big spike in, in construction activity.
0: Yeah, no, good point. Cool. And then um, finally, in terms of big data last week, the market you wrote, more granular looking at Auckland. So for the non-Auckland listeners, obviously they're going to be too interested here. But what did you pick up when you looked at that Auckland, Auckland data on a more granular level?
1: Probably, so number one is the markets where you previously saw a downturn or the largest downturn for Auckland have actually seen now the strongest rebound. So we're talking Auckland, the old Auckland city TA and, and North shore here, They're the ones that fell the most and are now showing the strongest growth. So that's, um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty big part of the, the story. There still are a few suburbs that are subdued and actually, tending to be those more expensive ones. So we've seen, say, like Parnell, Takapuna, they've been they've been a bit more subdued. So there might just still be some affordability pressures there and um, those markets just taking a little bit longer to respond. Uh, some of the suburbs that are really ramping ahead. I mean OTARA is a really, a really booming market at the moment, really tight listings. So over the past year you've had about two percent of property listed in in OTARA. Uh, a more normal figure might be something like 6%, so you're looking at a, a pretty tight market there, no surprises that that average property values are rising. Uh, Glen Eden another one where we're seeing signs of of market tightness days to sell uh, less than 21 there so there's I guess it's it's a pretty broad-based recovery those are some examples of suburbs that are that are rising more strongly but it's has been pretty broad-based apart from maybe those more expensive ones as I as I talked about so yeah we'll see how how far it can go there's still affordability pressures you know the downturn last year did nothing to really Ease any of those pressures, uh, as we've already talked about. There's there's supply coming online, so those are things that will subdue the market further ahead. But for now, I think yeah, there's there's more momentum. Just that this boom might not go as far or as high as previous ones.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, just key thing to point out there I suppose is that there are differences in in, um, how each of the different parts of Auckland are going to perform in this recovery or this next growth phase as well and sort of really puts the point on making sure that people understand the the little differences between those different areas and make sure you understand the data and what's happening on a local basis, talking to local people, um, understanding that granular data to really make um, your decision about what you want to do if you're acting in the property market.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, The a whole bunch of other stuff, transport links and all those things that people value, schools and, and parks and all those things, you know, having a nice coffee shop, all these things that are hard to detect and stats all the time, but that definitely matter. So, yeah. I
0: agree. So, um, I mean, further on your big week last week, of course, you were doing a bit of travel as well. Um, what did you sort of pick up from the travel that you were doing, doing a few presentations around the country? How did things go on that trip?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the mood was, was pretty good. We, we were chatting at uh, commercial property seminars, so, so looking at uh, promoting syndicated investment funds for commercial property. And I think for me, I mean, people are showing up to these things. So there's, there's, def- and, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's definitely a, a certain demographic at these events. You're, you're certainly talking the baby boomer generation. And I think there's talking to people after the, after the presentations, there's this huge desire to just find any sort of asset that will deliver you a decent income yield uh so people can't term deposits that's that's hardly paying me anything at all so you know where can i get an asset with a decent income yield and part of that could be uh, getting into a syndicated commercial property investment that was as i say people are showing up so so they're interested but i got a sense actually from a few people that that their, pro- their problem with something like that is that they don't have full control, and I, and I think there is this theme for for boomers that they they love that control, and that's where residential property is coming in. There was definitely some feedback that oh, we st- we're still wanting to get into resi because of that control. We can we can buy it, we can sell it, we can renovate it. It's it's all up to us, and and I think that's that's going to be a pretty strong fact. That's not going to change, I guess, and so that's going to be a pretty strong factor keeping keeping that demand coming from those those investors really getting into residential property so um so yeah there's the search for yield and residential property for from for those people at least seems to
0: fit the mold yeah look, I totally agree and it just backs up everything we've seen the last year or two whatever it is the more you talk to people understand the mentality of New Zealanders particularly that aging population where do they want their money where do they see themselves securing some sort of funding in, in retirement it's generally seen time that that investment in residential property, for all those reasons you've just spoken about. and It kind of ties into some of the stuff I want to talk about now, Was that we did have a visit from um, Moody's, the International Ratings Agency, last week, and they get hosted by Treasury every year, along with the other rating agencies actually come over at a similar time of the year, and, and they come over to assess New Zealand's financial strength and credit risk position. So it's really about them coming here, talking to Treasury, talking to Reserve Bank, talking to other government agencies, other private businesses. And they speak to us obviously asking our opinion on what's happening in the property market. So I talked to them on Friday. Um, and you know, obviously their first question was COVID-19, coronavirus, what impacted the property market? So we did talk about it last week and it's interesting just talking in detail with them and, and pointing out some of the things we'd spoken about that maybe in the short medium term it's actually a bit of a positive. But as we sort of teased out some of the things, you know, the more of an impact it's had, and as you said, it's a moving feast. And you know, a week ago we were saying, you know, hopefully everyone was sitting there hoping short-term impact, uh, things get back to relative normality at some stage soon. But a week later, we've had a few more confirmed um, uh, situations, and so and I think now we're starting to think maybe there is going to be a longer-term impact on the New Zealand economy. And then you start to think about what does this mean? So how does this flow through to the tourism industry? These cities that rely on tourism much more, like Rotorua, Queenstown, are we going to see an impact in these places where we do see a lift in unemployment? Also, something in the last few months, I've talked to people and in investors, property investors, and they basically are buying a property and putting it straight on Airbnb or some other short term accommodation. So if they're relying on that accommodation, uh, for people, tourism obviously, and that starts to dry up because we're getting less tourists here, then that's going to start to impact those decisions, which may see them release that to the long-term rental market or sell their property. So increase listings. So again, it might help out the rental market. It might help out the property market in terms of an increase in listings. But there's lots more to think about here and it really is like I say a day-to-day changing situation depending on where things where things go with the um, the, the uncertainty and the seriousness of this this coronavirus outbreak. So you know really interesting. Um, if I want to wrap up, I suppose my, my discussion with the with Moody's themselves, you know, certainly the overall position from them was, you know, my inkling was that New Zealand would continue to hold the AAA rating, which is the highest rating they give to any, any country's economic situation. So pretty upbeat about New Zealand's position. Yes, there's the unknown there, but overall the fundamentals are relatively strong, as we talk about. We're still seeing strength in the property market. We know that people are going to continue to look to it to get, as you say, yields likely capital gain and so investment will continue as well
1: yeah and, and that that relativity i think is is a crucial part of it that that in investing and economics and lots of things exchange rate exchange rates it's all about well the absolutes matter but it's it's the relatives how you're going against other other countries and other markets and so you know, new zealand might not be as well placed to to or the, you know the growth might be slower than what we previously thought, but still probably better than lots of other countries. So that relative thing is, is in New Zealand's favor and it helps the economy and it helps the, helps the property market as, as examples. So yeah, it's an important
0: point. Yeah, very true. And actually, I'm thinking about that. I might tease next week. I'm hoping to get Eliza Owen, who's the head of research for CoreLogic in Australia, on the podcast next week. So we can get her taking how they're seeing, how the Australians are sort of feeling about um, coronavirus and the impact that's going to have on their economy and then their property market as well. So that will give us a bit more um, of the international flavour as well as what's happening in Australia in general as well. So we can look out for that one next week. Before then, though, um, in terms of data coming out, we've got Ryan's st- stats, we think, coming out on Friday. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think it's Friday. It seems to be, uh seems to be the one that we're, we're looking at. And, yeah, so key, key measure for, for sales, obviously. We'll, we'll see how that's going out. And, and also days to sell. So you'd, you'd expect sales to have improved and, and days to sell to be ticking down. But, um, yeah, wait and see Friday.
0: I agree, those, those sales, sales volumes are the key insight for me once we get those those Ryan stats. So we'll check that out. From our perspective, we get our buyer classification data. So, you know, buyer activity for February, first home buyer investor activity. I'm certainly expecting continued strength of investors, and we'll have that data on Friday. So, I'll be writing something up um, for next week, probably.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And based on you know, what we've just talked about, that, that anecdotal stuff around uh, investor appetite, yeah, I'd, I'd be expecting that, that investor number to stay pretty strong.
0: And the other one from us, mapping the market. So I think you um, updated the data in the commentary for that one, which is our geospatial visual tool looking at suburb value change over time. And we've got that up live on the website now. I've put the link in the um, show notes so we can check that out. But did you pick out a few, I think, major stats from that one, didn't you? Yeah, there's...
1: Again, there's no surprises here. There's a lot of suburbs. I suppose when we go down to suburb level, there's there's been a few who have have underperformed. Certainly, uh, a few suburbs around Auckland that have been lagging behind over the past year. But, but lots of suburbs just showing that that really was solid growth. And and about nine or ten who have who have had. The median property value rise by at least hundred thousand dollars in the last twelve months. So there's, you know there's some people who are who are making some good good coin out of the property market. I guess for an owner occupier, well, you know, it's probably just going to have to go back into the next purchase. But say if you're an investor or have been an investor in Dunedin, for example, some suburbs of Dunedin over the past year, uh, you know, you could easily be sitting on a hundred thousand dollar capital gain over over one year. So yeah, it's all in there. So go to go to mapping the market, check it out
0: yeah no thanks for that and yeah well that's live now you can see that we're updated every quarter so please go and check that out but otherwise that will wrap us up for today thanks for listening and calvin as always mate thank you for all your work especially seeing as i was off the last week so left most of it to you please do subscribe rate and review us to help us get the uh the word out there we are on almost every podcast player now Um, and everything we talk about as well is is available on the research tab at corelogic.co.nz. So please get in touch. Let us know any thoughts or questions you have. Our contact details are also in the notes here. Um, Otherwise, we will speak to you next week, hopefully with a guest on board. Thanks.